Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. Hello, and welcome back to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Um, Today, we are going to explore something that I really love. We are going to get Jenny's doctor hat on (laughs) and talk all about (laughs) our happy hormones and endorphins. Looking forward to it, Sarah. Um, There's nothing better than talking about how to create more happiness in our lives. And I think it's really important that you know, when we talk about happiness, it's really about generating more positive emotion for ourselves because we do have a negative bias. And with the stress of everything going on in our lives and in work, sometimes we get sucked down into that negativity. So finding ways to naturally support our mood so we're in a better space um, is is really important. And it's actually really simple. It doesn't cost you anything to take your daily dose. Oh, I love this, the daily dose. Mm-hmm. So the reason I, I love exploring this with you is, you know, our background or our shared background is, is in our happiness at work training. And there's a real focus um, or um, I guess a bias against this uh, this area that we work in which is, it's all about fun. It's all about silliness. It's happy clappy. People can't get any work done if they're just sitting there laughing and having a joke all the time. Where I think actually when we talk happiness, it is a, it's an umbrella term, right? It's, it's how humans talk about, as you say, positivity, positive emotions. And there's a really wide range of these emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you're going to run through it, but dopamine, where we're going to start, is almost the only one that gets the it gets the attention, doesn't it? Um, as it would, as it would, of course, obviously, like center stage all the time, absolutely. Um, you know, in and it's our kind of pleasure and motivations, and it's kind of what it's what happens when you have addiction or when you get that high, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I, I'd love to talk about actually. There's that's just one piece of this this happiness puzzle and there's such a wide range of the others and and when we think about all of these uh for me dopamine is like it's like the gateway drug to our or it should be we should think about it (laughs) in a positive way um because all those other uh the hormones and the endorphins those are things that you know create connections um they give us our um our productivity, our increase in creativity, innovation, they really kind of fire up all these wonderful areas of our human brain. Mm. Um, So Jenny, what's your prescription? (laughs) Well, my prescription is that we need to take our daily dose every single day. (laughs) So don't miss the day. Um, And to remember that dopamine is is primarily a reward hormone. It's part of our brain's reward circuitry. So every time you do something that your brain considers rewarding in some way, so it could be that you found a really great restaurant which serves a food that you absolutely adore, 
or it could be that you've seen somebody that you look think is rather interesting and you'd like to get to know them a lot better um it's the the motivation it gives us the energy we need to take the steps to actually meet the reward uh, of achieving our goal essentially so um it's about the anticipation of something wonderful that might happen and yeah. without that it would be you know life would be a bit bleh wouldn't it Absolutely. <laughs> and it's interesting to think about that, not just as the reward. It's not actually just the end. Again, I feel like it sometimes gets a bad name. Um, because, as you said, it's, it's because we know there's a reward coming. It's our motivation for getting things done. So it's really, I think, important for us to understand how to kind of um, motivate ourselves with our, with our internal hormones. Yes. And it's interesting that uh, in people with depression, it's often considered that they have low dopamine levels. And people who are feeling depressed often feel demotivated. They've lost interest in things that they would normally find interesting. And it's probably as a consequence of not having that, that energy and that anticipation of good things to come. And that's why I think no matter what you're doing, it's always a good idea to schedule in those things to look forward to whether it's to celebrate a friend's birthday, whether it's a holiday or whatever, it's yeah. it's something that you, your brain sort of subconsciously thinking, oh, there's going to be a little reward tied up with this. And it's the same with dog training. Now, you and I both know <laughs> our dogs, yes? Our dogs, yes. <laughs> and our dogs are fairly strong-willed independent, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, teaching our dog to sit before crossing the road has been a work in progress for some time. So I always take treats, her favorite treats. But what I've learned is if I give her a treat every time she does sit, she's doing it simply for the reward. She's not doing it because she's learned what I want her to do. So I have to mix it up. Sometimes I will give her a treat. Sometimes I won't. And then she gives me that look with her eyes. Think, what? What happened? Yeah. And the next time it comes to sit, she comes to sit. It's like, I'm hoping I get a picky this time. And so it builds that anticipation. And we're just the same. You know, if we get the same treat all the time, it's like, no, give us a treat, please. Um, no, we need that little bit of uncertainty. And that's that it. hedonic adaptation, right? If you do yes. it every time, if it's yes. not surprising, then we're not getting the dopamine hit anymore, are exactly. we? Because exactly. Yes. And I'm guessing surprise plays into dopamine. The, the more surprising, the better. Well, positively surprising. <laughs> Some surprises I'm not that keen on, like surprise yes. birthday parties. <laughs> not that. Mm, that's really not my thing. And the other thing to remember, too, is that not all rewards are good for us. Um, mm. There are several things that we might be doing on a regular basis that our brain finds rewarding. And we do get that dopamine hit, but mm, really not that great for our health and well-being. And I'm thinking of things like excess caffeine. You know, yeah. Drinking 10 cups of coffee is really not the best way to get that dopamine shot. Um, nor is consuming uh, large amounts of refined sugar in snacks and confectionery and stuff like that. Um, and of course, there are recreational drugs too, which also will stimulate our pleasure centers and sort of motivate us to want to go back to those. So we have to be a bit 
careful of what we are saying yes to. But I think um, there are a number of things that we can do to help us to achieve high levels of dopamine in our lives, in our work. And I'm sure you're doing these every day, Sarah, but it's like, you know, you set yourself a goal and then you decide, well, what small steps am I going to take each day to see my progress and then turn around and say, oh, look how far I've come. Because as soon as you do that, guess what? A little bit of I was going to say, and, it, and it's so critical, isn't it, to put that look back in it? Yes. Um, yes. Because what I found with, with a lot of my workplace clients right now, you might have found mm. the same, is people are doing so much and they, they achieve it and they finish and they start, they literally have done a massive project or a huge piece of work. They mm. go, right, we're finished. You know, to Monday we finish. Tuesday we're starting the next project. There's no looking back. There's no celebration. There's no, and so then you're constantly searching. You know, trying to trying to achieve, and you're not you're yeah. not feeling like you achieve anything. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite like easy tips on that one is a change your to do list to a to do list. So when you do something, write it on your to do list. And then at the end oh, of the I day, you've done. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And actually, yeah. Um, and then you can see what you've done because so often we don't. We only see what we have left to do. So I think maybe a to-do list, maybe a nice way um, to get your little hit of uh, dopamine. And then once you have that, I'm assuming once you create that kind of motivation, anticipation, reward cycle you become more motivated would be my Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. So you're creating that positive loop. And yeah. every time you complete that loop, you get that nice dopamine hit and you think, oh, yes. And that's that replenishes your motivation to go on to the next thing as well. So, yeah, I think it's so important that we do take that ta-da moment just to go yeah. pat on the back. And yeah. um, so good to feel that sense of completion but give yourself that little break. I mean, even if you know, it's an extra cup of coffee on your own, doesn't really matter. Or, or give yourself some, some something to sort of say, yes, I did that is, is really terribly important. And it doesn't always have to be work related either. I mean, yeah. I'm hoping that many of our listeners have hobbies and passions and things <laughs> that they do outside work as well. And when you can see that, you know, if you've given yourself a guitar and you're trying to teach yourself guitar, it's the same principle. Every time you, you know, learn another song on it and you can see that you're getting a bit better at it, it's like pat on the back, pat on the shoulder. Yes, I've done this. And that motivates you to want to get, continue that, that mental stretch and get better with time and practice. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's really applicable across all areas of our life, isn't it? It is, absolutely. So I think there's much we can do for dopamine, but yep. dopamine isn't isn't alone in the dose, is it? No. No. And it and actually, like I said, it's it's not not what we should always be searching for. It's no, not the no. thing. Yeah. It's not the yeah. be all and end all. There's there's a lot oh. to other aspects of positive emotion and our overall happiness that are equally important. And, uh, and the next one is O, which stands for oxytocin. And yeah. that is it's in various names. Some people call it the bonding molecule, which yeah. I think sounds rather lovely. Um, but it's essential for our ability to form 
connections, social connections, relationships with other people. And we are very social animals. We we love to form connections with other people. And, the, and it's been shown from the science, the more connections we have, whether they're sort of more intimate connections mm. or family friends or um, people we say hello to when we pass them in the street every day, all these connections matter enormously because when you're with somebody that you like and you think they like you back, your brain is producing more oxytocin hormone. Now, we know from um, childbirth, women mm. who have just given birth to a baby, well, women giving birth to anything else, would they? when they've just given birth their brains are pumping out masses of oxytocin because it's essential that the mother is able to form a bond with her new bundle of joy because that baby is vulnerable and immature and has no possible ability to fend for itself so it has to have a relationship with its mother or a caregiver, because otherwise it's going to get very hungry and very cold very quickly and won't survive. So oxytocin has been essential to our survival as a species. And of course, our relationships at work are just as important as other relationships. And knowing how to get on well with other people is terribly important because if you go to work and you like the people that you're working with and you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you know, you'll you'll be greeted with a smile and that sense of they know who I am and I know who they are. You're yeah. you're immediately more collaborative. You want to contribute more. You feel more. You're actually more effective as a team member. You're much more That's effective it. in your own work. Everything yeah. feels better simply because of your ability to form stronger interpersonal connections. So oxytocin is terribly important. Now, I always like to tease people and say, if, if your relationships are in need of a bit of an overhaul, you might be able to get the nasal spray of oxytocin from your lung. <laughs> <laughs> we do that for humans the way we do for animals. I think you can get the, the, the little plug-in things that That's get right. But um, can you model our oxytocin? Yes, I need another squirt, please. <laughs> but it's really interesting what you say because relationships, you know, I love the idea of how we're creating relationships. And, you know, relationships are how work gets done. Absolutely. You know, actually, how so? So there's lots of studies. One that I read coming out of, um, I think it's like positivepsychology.com, was that actually teams that get work done have positive relationships. And it's really as simple as that. Yes, and it is. You don't have positive relationships. Yeah. Forget about it. It yeah. also, and I think it makes us like more responsive um, and grateful and all of the things, you know, we've talked about gratitude before and all the, all the positive benefits of gratitude that come along with it. And, and so oxytocin, it's quite, a, it's much longer. You know, we talk dopamine is short, but oxytocin yes. is much longer. Yes, uh, Half-life maybe. Yes. <laughs> So there are a number of ways to, to boost oxytocin. I mean, number one, you can have a baby if you're a woman. Um, but, of course, that only happens every so often. Um, you can have sex, again, yeah. probably only with your intimate partner. Um, and maybe not at work, you know. Maybe not at work, yeah. <laughs> and, and thirdly, um, it's remembering that eye gaze 
when you're yeah. looking at somebody eyeball to eyeball, especially when when you like that person. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to like them in a sexual manner or anything like that, but just you, you like them as a person and you, you're looking eyeball to eyeball, your oxytocin levels will rise. And I think this has been particularly relevant in the COVID space when so many of us had to rely on Zoom or um, yeah. team meetings and stuff like that, where we couldn't physically be with each other, but we were able to see each other. Um, we forget just how important eye contact is, but also to be mindful that in some cultures, our gaze is is not considered appropriate. So we just need to remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's for everything. And, but touch as well, you know, you don't, yes. it, it, you can just touch. So if you're in a yes. culture and a company um, and an environment where it's okay to do so, you know, a hand on the shoulder, even a greeting as a hug, if that's appropriate in your scenario, yes, can can give yeah. you that those feelings, right? Yes. Um, it has huge benefits though to us as like our immune system as well, doesn't it? Um, yep. And I think people have they feel less pain if I'm not. It's been shown in the studies that it helps us to modulate pain. So if you've got chronic pain due to arthritis or whatever problem it is you're you're less impacted by the pain it doesn't take the pain away but it doesn't affect you to the same level so you might not actually need such a strong dose of medication or less medication and it's the same with patting or a pet or having a pet um i was just gonna say is it pets as well yeah you can get absolutely so touching an animal um you know that you're fond of will also help to (laughs) create that oxytocin so you don't have to reserve your touching just for humans patting patting your pet dog or your pet chicken or whatever it is you've got is also of benefit well as we well know our velcro vizslas they definitely bring a lot of oxytocin oh yes i think they're probably the highest oxytocin boosting dogs on the planet i have no doubt about that no doubt whatsoever um and I think, it, you know, when, when COVID first struck and people were saying, oh, well, you know, handshakes are out. We will never handshake hands again. I'm thinking, oh, come on. It's, it's such a natural thing to, in our culture, especially, to shake somebody's hand. And you can learn so much from that touch as well. Yeah. And we know that the Pasisinian corpuscles. Ooh, that's easy to say. Easy to say. <laughs> In, in our fingertips that enable us to engage with our sense of touch are terribly sensitive. And just that light touch gives us a yeah. lot of information about that other person as to whether we think that we can trust them, yeah. whether we want to um, spend time with them or look for the nearest exit. So really, really important. That's amazing. Mm. Amazing. So leading on then, what's next in our daily dose? In our daily dose, it would be S for serotonin. Now, have you heard of serotonin, Sarah? I have indeed. Yeah. It's really kind of our, um, I guess it's it's like the real kind of well-being, happiness yeah. hormone, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's sort of calm. It's contentment. It's feeling like all's well with the world. I can manage this. Um, I likened it to a cup of chamomile tea because it feels gentle and reassuring. Um, what's interesting is that serotonin has a number of different functions in our body. In addition to being a, a happiness hormone, now we produce 95% of it in our guts. Oh, yeah. Ah, interesting, isn't okay, it? Okay. And um, 
So it'd be no surprise for you to understand that serotonin is actually really important for our digestion as well. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we we need to remember too that um, serotonin is all about confidence building, Ah. self-esteem and self-worth. So when you spend time undertaking those activities which bolster your um, feeling that I'm doing something that is being acknowledged by others. Um, I'm feeling respected uh, Mm -hmm. because of what I've done or what I'm capable of doing. All that helps to top up your serotonin, which is actually really, really important. Now, Mm -hmm. we used to think of serotonin as the the, um, hormone associated with depression, and that's why we saw this plethora of serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs, antidepressants for you and me, um, produced (laughs) over the years because it was believed that depression was associated with low serotonin levels. That's now being brought into question and people no longer believe that's actually strictly true. And in fact, they believe it's the reverse, that we actually might have too much serotonin, um, which is I haven't got my head around quite yet. So watch this space. I think when I've done a little bit more research into the science, we have another chat about that. Um, And and what actually does trigger depression and, and stuff? Because... You know, it's 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 the way with medicine. We we know what we know according to current understanding and information. And sometimes we have to revisit that because we haven't always got it right. And that's fine because that's how we get better at understanding different Forward, things. Yeah. yeah. And so much more important though as well to be like, actually, that's not doing what we thought it was. Exactly. So we're stop that. <laughs> <laughs> but serotonin is it's it's linked to exercise as well, isn't it? So there's yes. there's yes. there's there's your gut and I'm assuming that food and what you eat plays a part in that yes Um, and but then there's exercise as well yes that's right so you can boost your serotonin by getting out and going for a walk or a cycle ride or something like that and of course it's also been shown that just getting out into the great outdoors hopefully with a sunny sky you know blue sky, a little bit of sunshine that's also been shown to top up your serotonin levels so there's lots of ways that we can we can do that and they do talk about certain foods, but the effect of those foods is fairly minimal at best. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You're far better off thinking about um, what you can do to boost your self-confidence with mm-hmm. those small activities that so set yourself a goal and you're aiming to achieve. Like, I'm going to learn how to be a public speaker because that usually terrifies the living daylights out of most people. But if you set yourself that goal and step by step, little by little, because you've joined Toastmasters or whatever, you're building your confidence. And as you do that, your serotonin levels are going to go up. Oh, I love that. Ah, So for those of us who do the public speaking, is that, is that why we like it in the end? (laughs) Probably because we get more serotonin. We're thinking, oh, this is actually quite good. I quite like this. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. Um, And last, but certainly not least. Certainly. 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 No, no. We have endorphins and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know what you um, think about when you think about of endorphins, but a lot of people think, oh, endorphins, exercise, it's the runner's high. <laughs> and I, I like to describe it a bit like the uh, Forrest Gump moment 
when you've got run, you've gone running and you've been running for a while, all of a sudden the endorphins are kicking in. And you think I can run forever, and doesn't it feel good? Because it's that sense of euphoria and well-being, and you think, yes, bring it on! I can run three marathons continuously, and you know it's a bit ridiculous, but endorphins don't have to be just due to runners' high, but they are basically produced um, by various activities, which seem when you when you hear about them you think how can that possibly be because they're so different so laughter for example is a yep. fantastic way to raise your level of endorphins and mm-hmm. many of us don't laugh enough you know we, we we're so serious about life and work and, blah, blah, blah. and and we forget you know the joy of laughter having a big smile on our face is good for us it's good yeah. for our mental well laughing, laughing so hard, you know. Yeah, that. laughing so hard, your ribs ache from that belly laugh. It's a fantastic body and mind workout. Um, and, of course, exercise, as we know. But yeah. what about eating dark chocolate? <gasps> I did, hey, actually. Did you yeah. know that eating hey, dark I do know this. It's one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> Just a little bit, of course, but a little yeah. bit of dark chocolate does you good and helps you to raise your endorphin level side. So bring <laughs> it on regularly. <laughs> um, meditation. Meditation yeah. when you're sitting calmly and focusing, if you're doing a mindfulness practice on your breath, just mm-hmm. um, helps to enhance that sense of well-being and calm and raises your endorphins. So mindfulness is is great meditation is great and last but not least and I'm not sure if I should mention this (laughs) watching your favorite Netflix series non-exercisey type of thing to do unless you happen to be on a treadmill while you're watching it which (laughs) that that might actually give you too many right (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we should scrap that one and just stick to the others to to help us boost our endorphins but I think there's so much we can do for ourselves and and to remember that endorphins which again you mentioned the sort of pain relief before endorphins are very strongly associated with pain relief and um, it's thought that in times of emergency Mm. when there's a situation and you're responding to it and it's really important that you do something have you heard these stories where people perform these superhuman feats you know they'll lift a car off somebody who's trapped underneath and all this sort of stuff And why they're able to do that is because they've had this massive surge of endorphins, which all of a sudden gives them these superhero sort of properties and they can lift. They don't feel the muscular pain during that time. They probably do when they've finished. (laughs) They don't notice it at the moment, in the moment. So it's it's really interesting that it's it they probably um, evolve more as a survival thing rather than anything else uh, well and it's you know if you think about those endorphins if you're if you're activating that you know turning them up to 11 if you will and um you know that's what allows you to keep running on a broken leg you know if you think back or kind of hunter gather um and and obviously you can't keep going on that that has that's when you have very serious but it might get you out of this. Really It'll get you out of the, get you out of trouble. Yeah. Exactly right. So you know we've got all these things that we can be doing on a daily basis to help oh. us to feel better about ourselves, to elevate our mental well being, our positivity, and overall level of happiness. And I think that's just brilliant. You know, 
cost free. So yeah. how good is that? Mm. Oh, that's so, lovely. Thank I'd you like, so much, Jenny, for, for diving into all no. of the all of the details. Um, and I think it really does show the, you know, when we're talking happiness, when we're talking positive emotions, the the array of different mm. things access that we can do that there's not just one thing and one thing only exactly Um, and and they all kind of they play into each other and they support each other they they all they all overlap it's not sort of one hormone at a time they're they're doing their thing simultaneously which is great (laughs) so I'd, I'd love to know from our listeners yeah what do you do for your daily dose what do you do on a regular basis that yeah. puts you in a more positive frame of mind. Is it exercise? Is it drinking chamomile tea or dark cho- eating dark chocolate? Um, just would love to know what, what you found useful for yourselves to and elevate your own happiness. And if you don't, you know. What could you be doing differently? Uh, what's, what, what could you give yourself to, to get your dose every day? Yes. What's one yes. thing you could do? Um, for each of those um, mm-hmm. yeah we'd love to hear that share that with others as well because uh, the more options we have the better we're going to feel absolutely and I think particularly at this time just to finish off with when so many mm. people are feeling so stressed and sometimes very anxious doing yeah. those small activities which bolster our sense of self-worth and confidence which is going to lift your serotonin are absolutely essential so if you're in that space share with us what you've been doing to help yourself love to hear from you thank you so much thanks so much for joining us today i hope you've got a lot out of this session we've loved chatting about dose and uh, look forward to speaking with you again very soon bye for now bye thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of thriving with sarah and jenny We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and thrive in whatever you do.